You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Ross on Y. To find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. So we've been looking at a series on the Holy Spirit, and um, we're going to touch on that this morning. But um, I'm not going to speak really on what I thought I was going to speak, but I think God um, has told me to do something different. But I want to read to you some words from John um, chapter 16, which is all about the Holy Spirit. Um, And we've read this passage quite a few times. It says, this is Jesus speaking, and it says, Now I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you asks me where are you going? Because I've said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. But I tell you the truth, it is good for you that I am going away. Unless I go, the counsellor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. When the spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. The root word of that truth bit is actually reality. It's where we get our word truth comes from the word reality. He will bring you and show you reality. The spirit will show you the reality. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. You know, the Lord is inviting us, is inviting you into a new dimension. A new dimension. God is looking to open our eyes into the reality of a new dimension, the dimension of heaven, of the kingdom of God. What we see, what we hear in the natural and in our lives and what we see in the world isn't everything. Kingdom of God is being revealed to us because we are filled with the Holy Spirit, because we have now the Holy Spirit within us. You've heard that lots of times, but it's a fresh revelation that keeps coming of this reality of the kingdom of God over your life, over my life, over my family, over Lily, over Ross, over our town. God is saying, come up here, let me show you what really is going on. The word of God has unlimited power. Hebrews 1 verse 3 can be translated like this. Each word is like a little capsule filled with faith, waiting for us believers to release it in our hearts and speak it with our mouths. Everything we see was created by words, and it is the very word of God that holds the universe together. I love the fact that Jesus is called the word of God, and I love the fact that we call the Bible the word of God. Each word is like a capsule filled with faith, waiting for us as believers to release it in our hearts and speak it with our mouths. Everything we see was created by words. God spoke as the Spirit hovered over the void. The Spirit was hovering, and when God spoke, the world was formed. It is the very word of God 
that holds the universe together. I felt that this morning um, I was going to preach something a bit different, but I really felt that God was saying that there are people here who are feeling trapped and stuck. They're feeling caught in a spiral of maybe despair, hopelessness, that life is becoming a drudge, that tiredness, exhaustion, and hopelessness are becoming the norm. It could be a work situation, it could be a relationship, it could be financial, it could be worrying about the future, um, a health issue, a family situation, it could be a battle with sin and condemnation as a result of that. But I really felt this morning that God wanted to say, you are not stuck. You are not hidden. That word is alive over your life. Your best days are ahead of you. Come on. <laughs> that I see you, that I know you, I see your frustrations, but I have never left you. I will never leave you. I know the plans that I have for you. They're still the same plans, that they haven't fallen off the edge of the desk. I gave the desires that you have in your heart, I gave them to you. I gave you the dreams that I put within you. And my promise and my answer to you will always be yes and amen. It won't always be like this, but I'm going to carry you through this. But remember this, it says, watch out, your enemy the devil, the father of lies, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The devil is out to steal, to destroy, to rob you, to confuse you, to distract you from your purpose, from the fruitfulness of your life. He will isolate you. Hebrews 10, it says this, since we now have a magnificent high priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. Since we now have a magnificent high priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from him, for our hearts have been sprinkled with blood to remove impurity, and we have been freed from an accusing conscience. Now we are clean and stained and presentable to God inside and out. Presentable to God inside and out. So now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. I love that line. I love the picture of this. So now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day of the Lord dawning. I want to read that again. It's so powerful. Since we have a magnificent high priest to welcome us into God's house, we come closer to God and approach him with an open heart, fully convinced that nothing will keep us at a distance from him. For our hearts have been sprinkled with the blood, which is taken communion, to remove impurity, and we have been freed from an accusing conscience. That line that says, we're no longer our own, that we have been bought. You have been bought, you've been paid for with a price. So now, wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. It 
Sometimes that's difficult, isn't it? It doesn't always look, it doesn't always feel like God is keeping his promises. But it says this, God always keeps his promises. What promises has he given you? What promises has he put in your dreams? What promises has he put in my dreams? What are the promises over your life? Do you know the promises of God over your life? Do you recite them? Discover creative ways to encourage others and to motivate them towards acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage, urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. That's a great translation. I love that. We need to be people that are wrapped in hope of the promise of the gospel over your life. If you're not feeling infused or excited about God right now, then God's promise for you is that actually he wants to reignite that passion, to reignite that hope, because there's something incredible for you to do. Quite often, the way when that happens and when we feel like that is when we become isolated, when we do withdraw, when we're not meeting with people, when we're not in group, when we're not in church, when we're not reading the Bible, when we're not listening to stuff. Because if we leave a gap and avoid, something else will creep its way in. Because the enemy is actively looking to destroy your faith. He's actively looking to discourage you. If you give him an opportunity, he will discourage you. Why? Because he knows that you have a living hope within you, that you are dynamite in your family, in your situation, in your relationships, in your workplace, that you are dangerous. Because the kingdom, wherever you go, and you hold the Lord and have that hope within our hearts, then you are somebody that, where things will happen. You are a catalyst. Wrap yourself in hope. Hope is the belief that the future is better than the present. And I, you, we have the ability to make it so. Or it's the, the Bible says it's the confident expectation of what God has promised. And its strength is in his faithfulness. Our hope is rooted and grounded in the faithfulness of God. I really believe that there are promises and that there are things, there are ministries yet to be birthed in this place, in your lives. And God is desperate for a wake-up call for you to understand that and to know that, to be wrapped in hope. Um, we, quite often we, we've had recently, we talked about the story of Ezekiel 37 and the dry bones and the valley of the dry bones. God isn't afraid to let us experience dryness and to be in dry places. But that isn't the place where we get our theology. It's not where we get our beliefs from. It certainly isn't the place where we're going to get our hope from. But quite often, what we agree with in dry places can become our reality. What you think, what we think, what I think, or believe God can do will be the basis of what he can do and will do. It says it is impossible to please God without faith. It's impossible to please God, in a sense, without hope, which leads to faith. But when the spirit of truth comes... He will lead you and guide you into all truth. So Ezekiel, can these bones live again? Dry bones, as dead as dead can be. Can they live again? Oh Lord, he says, only you know. Only you know if they could, they look dead, they're this situation is dead, it's lifeless. This dream is way back in the past or on the shelf or wherever. This ministry that I have, this 
member of my family that doesn't know you, this health situation, it's dry. Nothing is going to happen. Ezekiel, they're waiting for you to speak to them. They're waiting for you to speak life. You speak life to them. You tell them, come to life. What did he say? I did as I was commanded. And what happened? They came to life, bone to bone. But they had no breath in them. Call the wind from the four winds and breathe. And they came to life, a mighty army. The reality of dryness in the heavenly realms is that it's not dry. There is not dryness. Where you are, the Spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. The water of the Holy Spirit comes and fills us and brings us power. But it's our words that have power. What you say or what we verbalize Our words have power. Words create. The spoken word creates things. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat his fruits. The superior truth in that line is that life is in the power of the tongue. If we see dry situations, dry relationships, where it looks as if there's a drought, where only death will come, speak life. There's a Bill Johnson quote, I've got it written. He says things that he says, things come into my life because of what comes out of my mouth. Things come into my life because of what I agree with and what comes out of my mouth. This situation is hopeless. <sighs> things come into my life because of what comes out of my mouth. Words have power. Declarations are powerful. We need, as a church, we need in our homes to become homes and places of declaration. Declarations of faith statements about what yet is not fully in our experience, but is a hope of the future, of what's to come. The truth and the facts are not always aligned. What I see in the natural, what I see around me, isn't actually aligned with what is going on in a different dimension. But God says, come up here. Have a look from my perspective that you have authority and power to speak life into situations. You have authority. We as a church have been given authority and power. Remember the pillar? To speak life into Ross into the homes, into the lives of Ross, into the brokenness, into the dryness, into the youth of our town, that we have hope, we have life to bring. Romans 4.17 says, It's God who gives life and calls out things which do not exist as though they do exist. It's God who gives life and cause those things which do not exist as though they are. Abraham, you're going to be a father of many nations. But I'm 100 years old. I can't have children anymore. But Abraham, you're going to be the father of many nations. But God calls out, prophesies things which are not as though they are. For something to happen, something needs to be spoken. We don't have just by speaking, but saying something or hearing something is necessary for something to happen. We don't get something just by speaking, but actually by speaking the truth, by speaking the word of God, saying something or even hearing something is necessary to receiving something, for something to change. Are you with me? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
Lord, I just pray that some of these scriptures that we're reading, a bit like taking communion earlier, we've spoken these words so often in our lives and they trip off our tongue. But Lord, we don't want to be a people that are just going through the motions, that are just accepting of life's like this. Sometimes things happen, sometimes they don't happen. Lord, I just pray that through your Holy Spirit, that you would bring life into our faith, that you would ignite our faith into believing that you are working, that you are living it and active, that this is our time, that this is a gift of life that you've given to us, that we are people of influence, that we are people of power, not in and of ourselves, but because Christ in us is the hope of glory. Here's the hope for Lily. Here's the hope for our children. We pray for the kids out there. We pray for the youth of this town. Lord, we just pray that it says that creation is waiting eagerly for the sons of God to be revealed. And so, Lord, we want to say, come. Would you come and help us? Holy Spirit, believe that you're in us. Would you ignite and fan into flame the gift that you've put within us? We thank you, Lord, that it's you who gives life and it's you that calls things out for us that we don't yet see. Thank you, Lord, that your word is living and active and full of power. It's operative and it energizes and it brings effectiveness. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. Lord, we want to pray that the sharp double-edged sword of your word and of the truth of your word cuts away the rubbish, that cuts away the lies, cuts away the thing that says we're ineffective, the sound of the enemy that's speaking into our ears, saying you're not going to do anything, nothing's going to happen there, miracles don't happen in this church, the Holy Spirit isn't really there, you're making it all up, you're going through the motions. Lord, we just pray that you would blow away the cobwebs of the lies that we believed over us. And Lord, we say we don't accept that, but we listen to your word of truth that says that your word is living and active and full of power. That it is powerful, that it is strong. We have weapons, though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. On the contrary, we have divine power to do what? To demolish arguments, to de demolish the white noise of doubt and indecisiveness and uh, and we take captive every thought lord and we want to make it obedient to what you're saying and what you're going to do because we believe that the future is good we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of god every lie from the pit of hell we take captive and we demolish and we throw it away and we put it into the fire and it is burned and gone. But what we do do is we want to take captive every thought to make it obedient to what God says. What does God say? What does he ask us to do? What is the Isaiah 61? Find up the brokenhearted. Preach to the poor. Say to the captive, those that are in sin, those that are in the going a wrong way, that through the wisdom that God has put within us that we can see, to bring this heaven. To, we were praying for revival yesterday at the prayer meeting. Isaiah 61 is the revival. It's heaven coming to earth. The goodness, the kindness of God, the wisdom of God, the gentleness of God coming down. That's what revival is, that all would see and know and have the chance and the opportunity to listen to the right song, to listen to the right melody over their lives. Do you want to be a part of that? We want to be a part of that. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the poor say, I am rich. Because of what the Lord has done for me. Remember that song? It's going back a few years. 
our experience eventually will catch up with our beliefs. It could be um, that I am, that what we speak, that what we say over our lives is so important. It could be, I could be, Karis isn't here, but I could say, I'm a great husband. I'm a great husband, having a bad husband experience. But I am a great husband. It could be, unfortunately for you, I'm a great speaker, having a really bad speaker experience. But I am a great speaker. It could be, I don't know, I'm a great teacher, having a bad teacher experience. But I am a great teacher. I'm a really great footballer. I haven't scored any goals, but I'm a great footballer. Eventually, our beliefs, the more we repeat, what we speak becomes our reality. It's not just a positive mental attitude, but it's spiritual, it's godly optimism as to what God has planned for us and what is our hope. It's wrapping ourselves in that hope. Are you feeling wrapped in hope? Agree with God's word. Agree with what God is going to speak over us. Um, we've got some stuff that we're going to read out in a minute. But God is providing all my needs according to his riches in glory. That is the truth. I may have a financial situation. I may have a big black hole in my budget. But God is going to provide all my financial needs. He's promised, and he is faithful. It could be us as a church. Miracles don't happen here. But actually, miracles do happen here. Healing doesn't happen here. But we've seen it. We've seen it here. God heals. People are healed here in the churches in Ross. We're impacting nations with the gospel. John and Sue are impacting nations with the gospel. Our prayers are impacting nations with the gospel. The prayers of the righteous are what? A waste of time. Why are we bothering? No. The prayers of the righteous are, again, effective and do what? Achieve much. James 3, it says this. It says, bridle your words. Watch what you say. Horses have bits and bridles in their mouths so that we can control and guide their large body. And the same with large ships. Though they are massive and driven by fierce winds, yet they're steered by a tiny rudder at the direction of the person at the helm. And so the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it carries great power. Your words what we speak, have great power. Does anyone here speak to themselves very often? Is it just me? I'm always speaking to myself. Oh my goodness, I'm a madman. But I speak to myself all the time. And I've got into the habit of speaking the promises of God over my life. Is Christ in you is speaking those promises all the time over your life. It's so easy to listen to the, I'm insignificant, I can't do anything, nothing's going to happen here, why are we doing this? Who's speaking those words? Come on. When I'm getting weird about it, you know, it's, it's easy to be seen as being weird about this. We're probably being recorded, and I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, what are people going to, you know. Words don't, words are not magic, but words are powerful. Words are so powerful. They are so, you see it every day in the media and the newspapers, chip, chip, chip away. Words are so powerful, and culture is changed by words. I, you know, one of the things that really gets me angry is the way that you see um, I mean, these poor people coming across from Africa on boats 
And you see the way that they get described in the media, swarm. They're not swarms. These are people, you know, degraded. And it, it really makes me angry. I'm sorry. But these are human. These are people created in the image of God to be loved by God. And what a great opportunity we would have as a country to welcome people in and to show them the kindness and goodness of God. Because that's a principle of the kingdom, isn't it? I don't want to get all political, but it, you know, if you look after the stranger, if you look after the widow, if you look after the poor, does it mean we're going to be out of pocket? No, it means God will provide all our needs. All of their needs will be provided by him. And if we've got needs, then he'll provide those too. I'll get off my soapbox. But the most important person to speak over and to use words over is yourself, is myself. It is good to speak over yourself. It is good to speak to yourself. Ephesians 4.29 says this, Never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. Never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. I get to control the amount of grace that comes into my life by my words. I can control and I can impact and affect the grace that comes over your life by my words. My words are powerful. Your words are powerful. How are you going to use them? Are you going to bring them as a gift? Are you going to bring them as a blessing? Are you going to bring them to build up, to encourage, to get alongside? Or are you going to use them to knock down and to destroy? The most important person to prophesy to is yourself. Build yourself up in your most holy faith, is what it says. Encourage yourself. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Because God wants to partner with people of faith, people who are outrageously optimistic. Because if you read the words, if you understand and know the promises of God and they take root in your life. If I know and I keep believing and trusting and speaking over my life that God will provide all my needs, what will that do? What is the impact of that in my life? That makes me generous. That makes me not hang on to the stuff that I've got, but actually that says there's plenty. And even when there's not much in the pocket, maybe, it still allows me to say there's plenty. Why? Because I know that everything I need is provided for. That's just about our needs for us as a church. We have got to be a generous church. It's not about what's in our pockets. It's about who's supplying the needs. But come up here. Come to a different dimension. Your kids, what are their futures going to be like? I know the plans I have for them. What are the plans that you've got for them? Well, I don't need to have plans because I know the plans that God has is to bless them. And I'm going to pray into that and I'm going to speak that over them so that they know that they keep hearing again and again, repeated and repeated. Which is why I love, I've lost my place, which is why I love worship, which is why I love to sing. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. That is who you are. That is who you are. How many times do we need to sing that? But it, you know, how many times would you say that to yourself? But we can come here, it's great. We can repeat it 20 times because after you've repeated it a few times, actually, it begins to change. Things change and we actually begin 
who enter into that space of, I'm beginning to believe this, I'm hearing. Hearing comes from the word of God. Hearing, believing, hearing. It makes a huge difference. Worship music, if you've got out of the habit of it, put it on in your home. Put it on in your home. Listen to the goodness of God. Listen to the goodness of God. Repeat, repeat. So, I don't want to go on, but words are powerful. And as a church and as people of God, we need to be repeating and understanding and knowing what God speaks over our lives. Because if you don't know it, the world isn't going to know it. Family isn't going to know it. We need to believe. We need to realize that we've got to get into this other dimension that we're being called to be part of. We've got some declarations that are going to come up on the board. And um, I, I have this on a, a thing, so I can send it. But we need to be reading this. Let's read some of these out as they come up. I am a child of God. If God is for me, who can be against me? Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I cast all my cares upon the Lord because he cares for me. I give and I receive a good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. I am a lender, not a borrower. I know that he who has begun a good work in me will complete it. I am anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, I let my requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, guards my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. Can we do that one again? I want us to repeat this a few times. Anxiety is a massive issue in the world now. And it will be an issue here. But what does it say? The gift, the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, guards my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. The peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, guards my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. Can we just, Lord, I just want to pray into that. I just pray for those here this morning that are feeling anxious about the future, are feeling anxious about health, are feeling anxious about all manner of things. And Lord, we want to thank you that peace is a person. And we thank you that it's your peace that guards our hearts. It's your righteous right arm that is powerful over us. And so, Lord, we want to be accepting of your peace and accepting that it's you that guards our coming in and our going and our way. It's you that guards our life. We thank you that peace, you say, my peace I give you. My peace I leave with you. And I don't give like the world does, but what I say, I do. Thank you for that, Lord. Let's do some more. Come on. My God forgives all my sins. My God heals all your diseases. I know that weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. I've been redeemed from the curse of the law. I resist the devil and he flees from me. Can we stop that one? Something that has been a, was a massive thing for me. Pray that you don't fall into temptation. If you're struggling with sin or wrong thoughts or whatever, pray that you don't fall into temptation. That is a massive prayer and a powerful weapon. 
Lord, I pray that we as your people would not fall into temptation. There is no temptation that is too tough and too hard and too enticing for us because you said so. You said that we can stand, that we can take our stand against the enemy, that we have the shield of faith, we have a breastplate of righteousness, we have the helmet of salvation, we have all of your armour that protects us and enables us to stand and to make a stand. That it's you that says, make level paths for your feet, that we walk and we, Lord, we pray for our walk that the path that you've set before us is good and we want to choose that path. And so we, we ask you, Lord, we say, Lord, would you enable us to stand? Put strength within us. It says strengthen your weak knees that you will stand. Lord, we thank you that that is not impossible, but that is a possibility with you, that we are strong. Resist the devil, and he flees from me. All things work together for my good because I love God. I am called to his purpose. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In all things, I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. Stop there doesn't say there's not going to be any battles. It doesn't say it's not going to be difficult. There are things to conquer. There are things that need to be conquered. There are battles to be fought. But I am a conqueror. I am an overcomer. I will get through this. I know I will get through this because God is with me, because Christ is with me, because he's gone before me. He's set a path. hasn't set an ambush that he has made me a conqueror. Remember Gideon. You remember? God speaks again, calls things out that aren't. Mighty warrior. Is, does he feel a mighty warrior? Was he a mighty warrior? He wasn't a mighty warrior. He was the least, the smallest family. What can I do? But God calls out and says, you're a mighty warrior. You're a conqueror. That is who you are. How are we doing for time? <laughs> Let's just do a couple more. I am redeemed, made holy, and made righteous in Christ. Jesus loves me with an everlasting love. I am released from the spirit of fear. Oh, let's do that one a few times. I am released from the spirit of fear. I am released from the spirit of of fear. I am released from the spirit of fear. I want to say that again. Fear is the greatest, it's one of the strongest, the hardest battles that we have to conquer is fear. Fear. It's a spirit. The devil is raging, roaring around you, looking to destroy your faith. And the mode of the, one of his biggest weapons, you see it in the world, anxiety, fear, fear of the future, fear of health. What's going to happen? My mortgage is going to go up. I won't be able to pay the bills. Fear is restrictive. It will stop you in your tracks. But I am released from the spirit of fear. Let's say that again. I am released from the spirit of fear. I am released from the negativity of the world. I'm released from the spirit of disappointment. I declare the word of God upon my life wherever I go. I give thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of my Lord Jesus Christ. With God, all things are possible. What is the back to that? Nothing is impossible. I confess my sins. I know that he is faithful 
and just to forgive me of all my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. There is nothing too hard for my God. My God is able to do immeasurably more than all I can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within me. Let's do that one again. My God is able to do immeasurably more than all I ask or imagine according to his power that is in work in who? Oh, it's at work in you. It is at work in you. And it's at work in me. Oh my goodness. God's power is at work in your life. That you have power. That the Spirit has revealed all truth to you. He's revealed to you the reality of who you are. All of these things. What are they? They're weapons. You need to know this stuff. You need to understand this stuff. You need to repeat it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again until you know it. What do they say? They say it takes 10,000 hours to become good at playing the piano or something. It takes a lot of practice. You are madness to say that we could be effective for God if we don't know this stuff. But your words have power. The Holy Spirit reveals truth. The Holy Spirit is in your life and he will reveal the truth of this. And he calls us to this other dimension that says actually things aren't exactly as you think they are. That the culture that is surrounding you doesn't actually apply to you. That there's different stuff going on. That there's a spiritual realm where something is trying to rule and to govern and to do all sorts of stuff that are not good, but the enemy is already defeated. On the cross, he was defeated. That there's a different work, that there's a different song being sung. And it's revealed to you and to me. But you need to know this stuff. You've got 10,000 hours to do. But I don't think it takes that long because it's a revelation of what the Spirit says to you. Is that all? Oh, here we go. Look, I praise God because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You are beautiful. That you were a prototype. That I love this when people say this. That, that when they made you, they threw away the mold because perfection can't be improved upon. You are perfect in every way. You are just exactly how you were meant to be. You are who you were meant to be. You are perfect. Oh my goodness, I didn't think we were going to get through all of those. But, you know, there's some great stuff there. There's some truth that we need to live in, we need to know, we need to have an understanding. It is All of that stuff is the foundation of which we stand on. And that helps us in our obedience to God. But, you know, obedience isn't the end game. Obedience is great. Obedience is beautiful. But actually, if obedience is all that we do, that we keep the law, actually, when I get to face the Lord, and all I can say, well, I was really obedient, but I've got no account to give for myself. Because what God is looking for is for friends. He's looking for people who will not just start and be obedient, but actually begins to think like he does, and begins to carry his message and carry his truth and carry his power and bring authority of the kingdom to Ross on Y, to your family, to your workplace, to your friends. That's, that's, what we're really, that's, where we, that's where we're going, friendship with God, because he wants to share and he wants you to know that there's stuff to do, that there are things that he wants you to do. But unless you know this, it's going to be difficult. So, Lord, we just want to thank you that we are beautifully made. We want to thank you that each one of us is a special gift to the other. And, Lord, we want to match.
max out on everything that you've given us. We want to get to the max. We want to be everything that you've created us to be. That, Lord, that there is nothing that we can't achieve. There's nothing that we can't do. There's nothing that can stop you. There's nothing that will stop your kingdom because it's always advancing. It's always moving on. And Lord, we want to keep in step with the pace of that advance. And so, Lord, we ask that you would give us a heart for your word. We ask that you would give us a desire to read your word, that you would give us an understanding of, of what it means to speak words over ourselves and to speak words of life and of hope and of truth wherever we go. Lord, that we want to sing that song that you sing over us. Oh, Lord, we thank you that we get to do this together. Thank you that we, you've chosen for us to be together in this place. And Lord, we thank you that the future is so good. Doesn't matter how young we are, doesn't matter how old we are, but the future is so good because you have gone ahead and you have prepared a way. Thank you that you have brought streams into the dry places, that you fill the desert with streams of living water, that we have drunk of that living water which bubbles up within us and brings this passion and this excitement and lifts us into this new dimension. Holy Spirit, we say, come, fill us with your presence. We're desperate for more of you. We're desperate to know you. We're desperate to walk with you. And you are worthy of all praise and all honour. And everything that I have, we just bring to you. Thank you. And God's people said, Amen. Amen.